0: The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the International Broadcast Specialist Marketers. Welcome to The Provoke Podcast. This is Arun Sudharman in Hong Kong. Where else? At home, in isolation. Um, and I'm joined today from Dubai by our longtime friend of The Provoke Podcast, Alex Malouf. Alex how are you doing?
1: I am doing well in my home isolation with my studio office. My wife has long seen what could happen so she's prepped us all out. I've got my podcast mic, I've got the home office set up, the printer, mm. extra ink and you know, everything else I would need in terms of uh, yeah, long stretches communicating from home.
0: You're ready for a, a lockdown
1: yeah, my my wife has seen this coming, and she has prepped me long and hard. So the the lockdown preparations were um, already in effect.
0: Yeah, and were you also prepared in terms of the communications implications, or rather the the implications for corporate communicators? Because we did a survey on this, and lots of people said they were somewhat prepared. You know, it was a classic hedge. You probably, maybe you saw the finding. Things like sixty percent said they were somewhat prepared i mean were you somewhat prepared alex
1: i I think any communicator who says they were prepared in any shape or form um to put it politely is is bluffing you can't prepare for something like this you know preparing for a conventional crisis is hard enough but I don't think anybody's done any any crisis modeling on on a, on a pandemic at this scale um and and you know the the implications in terms of you know, lockdowns, implications in terms of, you know, engaging with your employees, engaging with your customers, implications in terms of, of government. Um, you know, legislation is literally changing by, not even by the day, by the hour. Um, and the, the number of updates you've got to send out to, to employees, to, to suppliers, to customers, it, it's just mind boggling. Um, so anybody who says they're prepared, um, I salute them. I'd love to see what their preparations look like because <laughs> if they have been prepared, I want to take some of those lessons and start applying it as well. I
0: know it's it's early days to start thinking about um, the future. And, you know, this is really the bit we should do at the end of the podcast. But it did make me think the lessons you take from this situation. Um, do do you feel that there... there Are there were gaps in terms of crisis preparedness, pandemic preparedness, maybe even pathogen preparedness um, that are all areas that realistically can be addressed?
1: I think if we step back, um, you know, what I am asking um, my teams to do is really to think about how we um, how we communicate and, and how much we do in terms of communication how effective it is how many people we reach especially when it comes to internal comms. so how effective is what we get out and how can we try and improve that Um, i think that that for me is has been one um, immediate lesson you know we've got to look at how um, how effective it is in terms of reach and in terms of understanding Um, and then now the other one which i think we're all seeing is the know this notion of um, agility how quickly can you respond how quickly can you change how you communicate Um, because we're all a lot of us are stuck at home Um, we are um, not consuming information the same way that we were before I'm sure um, you know we look at our iPhones now we used to look at I used to look at my iPhone you know sort of six seven hours a day and, and sort of hang my head in shame It's now probably double that, and uh, you know, I I don't have any have any issues in terms of hanging my head in shame, just because it is it is my primary device communication with with everybody that I deal with, and then you know, in a region like mine, uh, in the Middle East, um, which is pretty traditional, you know, it's like a lot of places around the world, you know, FaceTime is important. Um, The notion of relationships is really important. Real Um, FaceTime,
0: not not the app
1: real real FaceTime for all the Americans listening in real FaceTime and and how do you try and and pivot how do you try and, and maintain relationships one uh, when you're stuck at home and all you can really do is is, is use Zoom or or any other app you know Teams Skype uh, but then how do you also build relationships during this time you know how do you actually reach out and and listen to people um, Without being able to read their body language, without being able to pick up um a lot of what is unspoken and and trying up your communication scheme that you know, that that's really tough for a lot of us right now
0: hmm yeah i I totally agree it's almost like learning a new language i feel um because you know and we're a we're a distributed company anyway right so we're we're kind of a virtual workforce and I think we've we've had so I've been dealing with these issues for many years now just in terms of how you You talk to people online um, uh, When when you can't often when you can't see them. I mean now we do see them a bit more which is I think helpful video is far more prevalent Uh, but it's no you can't replicate face-to-face communication in in the same room as someone and you do have to actually work at it. It doesn't come naturally to a lot of people and it can be misinterpreted. I, I've found you know, many things. Uh, I mean, is, is, the, is the answer, one of the things I've heard from many corporate comms heads in particular is you know, over-communicate, is, is that always the answer?
1: I, I don't know if it is because the, the challenge we've got today is you know, when, when, we, when we do stuff face-to-face, when we communicate, when we engage person-to-person, you don't have the distractions. We're all at home. We have kids jumping in. You know, literally, we all are. You know, the professor in South Korea right now, um, with the, the kids sort of, you know, coming in halfway through. I've seen a lot of um, webinars where the kids are sat on the laps, um, but then you've also got you know, the the screen distractions. You've got messages coming in. You've got people asking multiple things of you. Um, it it's very very different. And I think again because everybody is online, they're all communicating digitally, the challenge you've got is if you over-communicate, often the message is actually lost, just because the increase of digital communications you've got right now. So I, I think, you know, try to actually dial it down and, and get the message across uh, more succinctly, make it briefer, more to the point. Um, you know, Looking, for example, doing a short form, writing shorter videos, um, even, even Audio, audio is brilliant right now because you're at a screen, um, you know. You're you're doing written communication. You could be emailing. You could be um, uh, WhatsApping using other messaging uh, applications. But you know, we, we've got we've got other senses. You know, so audio, I think, is one fantastic way of of actually engaging um, different audiences. So i think we we've you know we've got to try and use this time to experiment to learn what works what doesn't work but but try and do it quicker
0: yeah i I agree and actually audio, even just for talking to people as well you know not everything has to be a multi person zoom video call um or whatever platform um I think you know phone is is great um sometimes people like that and and there is something about that kind of secondary uh consumption secondary kind of communication when you're on the phone you know right now i i can't actually see you you refused to turn on the video cuz you said you hadn't got dressed yet um so you know we we are it's is effectively like a phone call right and uh you know i think it's working pretty
1: well this disclaimer i am i am actually wearing something um good so, good yeah, good i'm, I'm <laughs> not in my birthday suit god
0: Oh gosh! Wow, it's well. We are definitely an uncharted territory. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Exactly. <laughs> I think this is all a bit more than our listeners have bargained for. Um, so beyond getting dressed, Alex, uh, let's talk about some of these challenges because we're, the, the research we did. This was actually Asia Pacific Comms Heads. We did it uh, for the Asia Pacific Association of Communication Directors, and of course, UAE is part of Asia, um, as you have reminded me on more than one occasion. Um, the top challenge cited by the respondents, there's like 180 responses, something like that, earnings and customer disruption um, at 42% ahead of workplace disruption at 17%, which surprised me a little bit, because I thought workplace disruption would rank a lot higher. Um, your thoughts?
1: That—that That is surprising. Um with a lot of us, it's been very much the focus. And you know, the initial stage of any crisis, you always focus on the employees and the organisation. And particularly, this is a health and safety crisis. This is keeping your people safe, um, and then looking at business continuity. You know, if your people are not safe, they're not able to work. It's as simple as that. So you know, for for me, it really has been all about uh, the people. Um, it's about ensuring that you know we tell them what they can best do in terms of keeping themselves safe. Um, and then after that, how can we all work together to to ensure that business is on? Um, so I would, I would always look at my people first because they're also the ones who are asking the questions before anybody else.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, interestingly, when we asked which stakeholder group is your top priority for communication, employees came out on top at 49%. So... Yeah, some, some, that kind of does, I think, um, r- align with, with what you've just said and, and with what we're hearing. Um, do you subscribe to this notion that, uh, you know, when you're talking about employee engagement, there has to be a single source of, of communication? That's another thing we've heard uh, repeated in, in recent weeks.
1: I think having a, a single resource is a huge help. You know, so um, be a one place where they can go to, where they can find out what is happening in terms of the organisation. You know, so for example, looking at issues around um, travel, looking at working from home advice, um, looking at the the medical advice as well. Um know, this this really is is crucial, and I'm seeing it very much with with governments. Um, I think the best governments are using a single approach, a single source of truth to get things out to um, to the public. And governments who who are struggling, I, part of why they're struggling is because you've got different entities in the government trying to communicate all at once. They're, they're not bringing everything together. They're not um, thinking about basically one uniform means to, to engage um, the public. Um, but, but what you do need to do, you need to find um, you know, the leaders in the organization. I think part of the discussion is, okay, you've, you've got your hierarchy and you have people with titles. But often the, the leaders are not the people with titles. You know, you've got to find uh, people who are willing to step up, um, who are willing to push out the message in terms of what is happening, what we're doing, um, give the, the vision of where we need to be headed. Um, and then you know have that amplified by the you know the informal leaders in the organization Because again we're individuals. We all have our own informal networks in any organization um, You know we will often seek out the advice of the people we trust the most and it may not often be the president We don't all know the president or the CEO uh, It could be online manager. It could be you know a contact in HR for example that we deal with so you know you've really got to find those people and and bring them all together um get them um speaking as one with the same message and um, and then also as well be open in terms of the uh, you know the the questions and answers you know be be transparent you know tell them what's happening um and then give them give them vision, uh, give them the vision to to work towards. You know, give them a, a purpose, a higher purpose, which can bring everybody together. And that's what I I, I see the best organisations doing. Um, you know, they are they are running um, uh, their employees around a a, a purpose. Um, you know, you look at, for example, um, what a lot of manufacturers are doing. You know, companies like Apple and others. You know, how they're um, rerouting their operations to to actually. Produce materials which are now needed to uh, to combat the the pandemic and and help frontline staff such as uh, uh, those working in uh, in the the medical field so that that for me is is really really powerful that 's a very compelling way of of getting people to align get them to focus and and come together
0: mm. how much of a concern is um I mean pr- presumably quite a big concern staff mental health at this time and i don't know how do you how do you see organizations addressing that
1: i, I think that, that look this is a huge challenge um especially because this is not a short crisis this is not you know an incident this is not something which is going to be uh going to happen over over a couple of hours or days or even weeks um you know you're you're in asia you've been through this now for Couple of months. Um, this this started effectively in January, and for you know you look at Europe, um, you look especially at the US. The US really has effectively um, entered the lockdown period, most of it um, in, in in late March, early early April. Um, so for them, they're going to come out of this after everybody else. So we've really got to think as organisations, you know, what are we doing for mental health? So. What are we communicating? What tools are we giving to people? What advice are we giving to them? How open are we in terms of um, providing support to employees? Um, with you know, They'll have questions about everything. You know, what is happening in terms of job security? What is happening in terms of you know, working in business continuity? How can I work from home? Um, how do I do it when I'm isolated? And this is even more challenging when you have individuals who don't have a family around them who don't have that immediate support um, structure, uh, like many of us do, who do live with our families, who, who do have kids, um, you know, all they have is themselves, and and that's it, they can't go out. So having the means to give them um, support um, is is crucial, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm seeing um, a lot of people um, you know, suffer on, on social media um, and you know one, one of my leaders said you know, we, we've got to realise we've got to watch out for everybody else and when people are burning out uh, we've got to recognise it and, and tell them to, to take a break and be there for them so I think you know, the, the support mechanisms and just the ability uh, for us as communicators to spot uh, when challenges are, um, are arising when people do need help is going to be crucial so essentially, emotional intelligence—that's that, what we need more than ever. And doing it, doing it virtually is is the hardest thing because, again, you know, there, there are fewer signs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think everyone is challenged from that perspective. Um, your thoughts on on brands and brand communication? Um, there's been a lot of companies sending out emails uh, about what they're doing. Uh, during this crisis and i think they're all well-intentioned but it has caused something of a backlash from people saying you know i don't need to get this many emails from brands and from corporates at this time what's your thoughts on 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 this
1: i i'm amazed on how many databases um... i'm on
0: yeah me too (laughs) you know the,
1: the number of emails i'm getting through i must have probably had about 500 600 emails one from my florist which is amazing. You know, what are we doing for COVID-19? Um, one for, um, for, I think for a baby shop. Um, and my little one is, is almost five. So <laughs> I haven't, haven't been shopping them for quite a while. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, look, I think when, when it comes to the customer piece, um, I do think Sometimes um, less can be more. You know, do we really need to send out an email to our entire database, including people who have not bought from us, you know, for maybe four or five years? Um, okay, say what you're doing, but I think again, smart brands have gone out. They've realised they they've read you know, the, the virtual room, um, and they've they've come out with uh, with concepts and campaigns which. Um, I think resonate with a lot of people. You know, I've seen some stuff over the the past couple of days. I've seen what Vodafone has done. Um, I've seen what IKEA has done. You know, really, really smart campaigns, um, supportive, um, engaging. You know, talking about um, connections. Obviously, IKEA, all about home. That they're really they're they're playing to their their brand essence. Um, but what is also interesting is I've seen a lot of brands who have tried to do other things. You know, for example. Um, the, the McDonald's arches and and you know other concepts and you know when you, when you're going to react to this you've got to react in a way um, which is empathetic but also as well supportive so so how are you helping um, in terms of your communication you know what are you trying to achieve what are you trying to do for people and are you doing it just to be seen or are you actually doing it to provide something to your customers to the outside world I think. We've we've got to ask ourselves, you know, why are we um, communicating? And and really look at every single detail. I got an, I got an email. Or I sorry, it wasn't an email. I got a I saw a social media post yesterday from a government entity in the region. Um, it was you know it was a very very nice message. It was talking about um, uh, youth and and how they need to social distance. Unfortunately, one of the pictures was um, somebody hugging two elderly people, which probably was the wrong message to send out. So, you know we've really got to be attuned to everything that we are putting out you know the visuals um the written word um the the audio as well if you're using that and and give give a sense of what we need to do as as consumers as the public if you're doing it as a brand you know it it will it will pay i'm not say pay dividends but people will appreciate you for it and and that will show in terms of the reputational aspects of, of how they view the brand.
0: The other thing I'm seeing a lot of is people saying, oh everyone will remember how companies and brands behave during this and and it will make a big difference in the future and I'm not convinced it will. I, I really worry that people will just go back to um, to previous modes of behavior even after this maybe it'll take a little time to settle down but you know, I think people will go back to, to buying from ethically challenged brands because the price is good. You know, that I know that there's a ton of research out there, that, often from PR agencies, that says that, um, you know, consumers prefer purposeful companies and so on. I'm a little skeptical about a lot of it. And I just wonder if that really will change.
1: This is a really tough one um, to think about. Because, first of all, none of us have gone through anything like this. So... I think all the research, none of it has ever taken this sort of situation to account. Um, there's obviously, you know, big backlashes against organisations um, which are owned by people with a lot of money, and and you know those organisations, certainly governments are saying we need support. Um, there's also backlashes against companies who are raising prices, who are essentially taking advantage of the situation. Um, there are a lot of companies who are, who are reacting and uh, wanting to do the right thing. Um, you know, it was, for me, fascinating looking at what's happened in China um, after they've gradually opened up and, you know, and seeing some of the reports about people wanting to um, to rush out and, you know, and basically, you know, just get out of the house and everybody rushing out together. And Obviously, that's, that's not great in terms of ensuring that, um, that the pandemic is, is you know, it's controlled because you don't want people to be mixing in those numbers you need to keep up social distancing um, I, I do think people will remember um, I do think many of us will want to go back to to how things were done beforehand but th- th- you know, there is going to be a huge shift in terms of many aspects of how we live and work um, you know from for my region remote working working from home flex working whatever you wanna call it wasn't really something that was done. it was very much you come to the office you log in you sign in you know you you put your fingerprint on the sensor and you were there you know for for whatever eight nine ten hours doesn't matter what you do you're just simply there Um, we don't have that choice now and i think i'm hoping that many um, owners uh, and people who are running businesses see that you know we can work differently so that, that's one aspect of, of how lives will change. Um, what is going to happen to corporate reputations and the public, that's still up in the air. And the only way we're going to find out is is once this is all over and then we start doing the research all over again. Um, but the people I'm sure will remember in terms of who came out for them, who helped and, and who was seen as taking advantage of the situation.
0: I hope so. I really do. But... Um... You know, I think coming out of this, there's going to be so much financial heartache above all else. Right. And, um, you know, I think pricing and and product may actually emerge as as more important characteristics um, than behavior, uh, which is, you know, it's it's not necessarily uh, what you kind of hope for after a situation like this because I do think that companies that have behaved well there should be some sort of reputation dividend for them um, and there should be some sort of business result for them.
1: Yeah very look very very much so Yeah, you know you, you want to be rewarded doing the right thing because it's just the right thing to do um, it's not about you know a, a business uh, dividend it's just really about going out reaching out and helping those who are in need. Um, it can't be in you know, this moment when, uh, when millions, even tens of millions now, of people are losing their jobs, um, have no financial security. Um, you know, we we've got to reward those companies, at least reputationally, who have said we will put aside um, money, we will put aside profits, and you know, we we will subsidize. What we are doing, uh, we will put money in, um, efforts which, which help uh, people get through this, um, You know, be it by, for example, guaranteeing employment, be it by producing products which are needed on the front line, um, be it through, and even just simple messaging in terms of what the public can do to stay safe, yeah, stay well.
0: Messaging, forgiving loans, You know, there's, there's a whole range of things that companies can do, companies are doing, I think. Uh, but equally, for every company, well maybe not every company, but, but for many companies that are doing good things, then there's, you know, there's companies like Sports Direct in the UK and, um, that are, yeah, behaving in, in a less than impressive fashion, um, which is disappointing to see. And, and look, ultimately, I think as corporate communicators, people in charge of reputation, you want there to be a cost for a poor reputation. Um, maybe this is the, that kind of tipping point. Maybe this is the moment when that actually becomes real. Um, you know, that, that's the hope, I suppose.
1: That, that is the hope, um, because it's not just about the perception and reputation among consumers and and customers, but also as well among your own employees. Uh, Can you imagine, um, right now working, um, for a company which is, um, you know, laying off um, staff, um, not paying them anything, not giving them any notice, uh, which is putting up pricing as well on, on essential products. Um, you know, just, just, you know, the impact it's gonna have on employees, um, you know, f- for me that really would, you know, that would eat away at my soul, you know, behaving like that. And I just can't imagine how they are coping through this. Um, so, you know, at the very least, you know, Business owners should think about what it does to their operations They you know you can you can think about profits all you want, but if your employees are not able to work um, mentally and physically Then you know, it doesn't matter what you want to do in terms of your operating model in terms of putting up pricing in terms of taking advantage of the Situation you will not physically be able to do it and it's interesting um, looking at a company like Amazon huge company um obviously, they are the lifeline for for essentially a lot of us who are at home, uh, the world's biggest e-commerce company, and uh, you know looking at what's happening in terms of their distribution hubs in uh, in places like the u s um, where employees are turning around and saying we need more protection It's the same with a lot of the courier companies as well saying them saying we need more protection. and I think also what is interesting is um you know how we are now realizing um, it, it's not just the doctors, and nurses, and the medical staff. It is the people who, who rear on the, the lowest incomes, you know, the, the, the trash collectors, uh, the delivery guys, who are essentially keeping us going right now. Um, and you know, what is that gonna do in terms of perception and trust um, in, in the wider public? You know, we, I see the, the stats coming out from Edelman in terms of who do we trust the most. But um I th- I think this is gonna give what is happening now is gonna give pause to thought to a lot of people in the public as to again um, looking at who is doing the essential jobs, teachers, another another basic one. Um, a lot of us have our kids at home and, and we are teaching and I think a lot of us would be more than happy if we could do to actually give teachers a rise right now because the amount of work which they do for our kids. So I'm hoping it really does make us think about social structures long term and 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 you know, how we, we really do help out others because um Yeah, you sanitation know, without
0: workers, for example. Mm, I mean yeah, the hope is it makes us a more caring society.
1: Yeah, that 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 really should be what we if if anything um comes out of this which is positive, it's it's how we think about those around us who do the most essential jobs. Again, I'll give you another example. Um you know, I work in an engineering company. It, the engineers who are on site, who are fixing issues um, and making sure that our, our power is on, making sure the internet is on, um, and, you know, basically saying thank you to all of these uh, essential workers um, who otherwise we would never give a second thought to, many of us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I No, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, the hope is that, th- that those are the good things that come out of this. I just, you know, you know human nature as well as I do and it's not even human nature in a way it's it's kind of that um, corporate venality uh, that exists exists, I think sometimes in pursuit of profit Um, profit often becomes an an excuse for bad behavior Uh, and of course I think this pandemic has really brought home that uh, we can't really afford to live by those rules anymore um, because we have to all take care of of each other really um which is you know quite a quite you know it's a sweeping statement but i do feel like um the level of responsibility i've seen demonstrated by individuals and by companies uh during this has actually been really encouraging
1: it almost sounds like a john lennon song you know sort of not not sung badly by a bunch of celebrities but um now, the need for us to to rethink how um, how things are done um, by 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 corporations um, it can't be purely profit. And actually, I think we're going to see the impact um, on on politics before we're going to see the impact on on the business world. Um, you know what is happening in terms of responses. What is happening in terms of um, effective leadership. Um, what is happening in terms of those politicians who are working towards keeping their public safe. And you know, we have elections in the US um, in theory this year. We'll have elections in many other places as well. And I think we'll see um, a shift uh, in terms of, of public and the publics and, and how they see um, their political leaders before we see the, the impact on the business community.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point, actually. Um, okay, Alex. Well, I don't want to keep you too long because I am sure you've got. Is it one kid or two?
1: There, in this household, there is one and a half, as my wife says. Um, so uh, my my almost five year old and there's me as well. So uh, <laughs> she she's given me permission and leave to uh, to talk to you because it's Friday over here, so it's our weekend. Um, yeah. I had to keep well, reminding a myself. Here. Oh well, yeah, of and, course and it's it's easy to.
0: Yeah, i had completely forgotten we have a webinar later on. Had <laughs> <laughs> completely forgotten, and no one, no one pointed this out to me, uh, including the people taking part in the webinar, uh, and of course all the hundred, more than a hundred people that have signed up, uh, until someone mentioned to me it was Good Friday today. So there you Just go.
1: Just make make sure you've got the kids um, painting the the eggs today, so you know you can. Uh, you can throw it out there and remind people that it is Easter Friday, and uh, and tell them, look, guys, it is this day of the week. Because even even before mentioning Easter Friday, simply for me, it's a Friday. Uh, but uh, always a pleasure to talk with you, and uh, and uh, thank you for the the work that you and the team are producing. It's it's just great to read, especially now in terms of uh, you know what people are doing, the research which is out there, and, and helping guide us to uh, to how we can do better communications.
0: No, thank you, and, and thank you for your own contributions to, to this discussion and, and um, I guess to the kind of perhaps thinking and understanding that maybe um, we'll start to see more of from corporates as, as, as we emerge from this. Um, take care of yourself, Alex, and we'll talk, we'll talk soon.
1: Definitely. Stay
0: well. You've been listening to The Provoke Podcast brought to you by provoked media and produced by the international broadcast specialist marketers